Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. We're living through difficult times. We're just hopefully coming out of a, a huge kind of societal upheaval in, in the economy and health and fear and our lives have kind of been turned upside down. And just right on the tail end of that, as we all probably know throughout the country, there's a lot of unrest. There's protests and there's even rioting. There's violence, there's hatred, there's anger, there's injustice. I think it's good for us to reflect upon this, but to do so from the perspective of our faith. About why is, why is all of this happening? What's the cause of so much strife in our society? And what's the solution? And we have to do this again from the perspective of our faith, because you will not find the truth on the TV or the internet or the radio. You will not hear it from politicians or the media. They don't actually know what's going on and they don't know how to fix it. But we actually do. And let me just start off by saying explicitly, is there racism in our country? Of course there is. Of course there is. And wherever it truly exists, it needs to be condemned because it is absolutely a grave sin, and it's absolutely opposed to our faith. And as Christians, we need to be the ones to condemn injustice and persecution and bigotry wherever it is found. But that's actually not the root of the problem. That's a symptom. The root of the problem goes much deeper, and that's what I want to try to reflect upon. Because the root of the problem, quite simply, is sin. And the solution is Christ. But I think we can flesh that out a little bit. Those of you that have been around longer than I have know, but also just if you've kind of studied, you know, the 20th century history, that societies, especially in the first world, have been gradually becoming more and more secular. More and more unreligious. We've been excluding God and religion from our society, little by little. And we don't always notice as it's happening, but then when you look back, we've kicked God out of the schools. He's not allowed there anymore. We've kicked him out of our education, how we teach our children. We've kicked him out of politics. We've kicked him out of the economy. We've, we've attempted and we've, to, to a large extent, exceeded in terms of the broader culture in our country. We've gotten God out of the picture. And okay, if you want to be religious, if you want to have faith, that's fine. But keep it to yourself. Keep it private. Just keep it off in the corner. Because it doesn't belong in public society. Well, my friends, that has consequences. Because when you reject God from a society, you reject love. Because God is love. 
And there is no true love without him. And that's the mystery that we celebrate today, the the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity, that God from all eternity is a perfect and infinite exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's who God is in his essence. And that God has created us so that we can share in that exchange of love, that we can be invited into the perfect family of God. As we heard in the gospel, that God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world, not to condemn it, but to save it. God wants to save us from sin because sin leads to death. Sin leads to chaos and disorder and destruction. And we see that playing out in so many different aspects of our society. When we reject God, we reject love. We reject true justice. We reject true mercy and truth and goodness and beauty. And that has real consequences in a society. Because what are the two great commandments? What does God ask of us? To love him above all things. And then to love our neighbor as ourself. The solution to all the problems in our society is to return to those original two commandments. To love God above all things. Above politics, above the economy, above insert whatever. But then also to love our neighbor as ourself. That's the root of the problem, is that we don't love one another as Christ has commanded us to. We don't see in the other another child of God. The solution is to return to recognizing the dignity of every single person, regardless of race and class and whatever. But that actually starts at home. It starts in our own inner circle. It starts with the people that we encounter every single day. And I think that's what God is asking of us. That's how we, as Christians in Goodland, Kansas, can actually make a real impact in the world is by carrying out and fulfilling this commandment to obviously love God first, but then also to love our neighbor. And you actually can't do the second without the first. It's not possible for us to love in the way that Christ asks us to love without the help of God's grace. And that's why when God is excluded from a society, people will not be able to love one another. It's not possible. Because without God, sin and the devil will always have the upper hand. Because of ourselves, we can't do it without his grace. I think we all know how difficult it is to love our neighbor. It's really hard. Imagine trying to do that without God's grace. It's not possible. And so to put God back at the center of our lives, of our hearts... All of us are in need of conversion to return to the Lord. And then to put him at the center of our families and our community and our friends. And that can have a ripple effect as we try to bring him back into the larger society. But then, as I said, we also have to love our neighbor. What does that look like? How do we practice that? How do we live that better? 
Well, to love is to will the good of the other. And it starts with the people that we encounter every day. It starts with the people that God puts in our lives. It starts with your spouse and with your children and with your parents, your siblings, your friends, your classmates, your co-workers. Those are the people that God is asking you to love. And I think what that looks like practically is love is, again, it's willing the good of the other. It's not about what can I get out of you. It's about what can I do for you. Love is service. And so in all of our relationships, in every day of our life, to ask ourselves, how can I better the lives of the people around me? How can I serve them? How can I do something for them to show them that I love them, that they're important, that I respect them? To be kind to people, to be patient and compassionate and understanding, to forgive. This is how we love our neighbor. And again, it starts at home. And the more we can love the people in our life, the more we can be a witness to them of Christ's love, the more that'll ripple out into our society. Because that's the only thing that will solve the problems that we're facing as we move forward, is love. God has loved us with an infinite love. And he asks us, he invites us to love him in return. And from the love that we've received from him, to then love our neighbor. As Christ has loved us, he commanded us, so you also must love one another. And then he went on to say, this is in John 13, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's how people will know that we're Christian. That's how people will know that Christ is real, that he's alive. When we show them a heroic example of love. And that will attract them. That will draw people to Christ. That will bring about healing and justice at every level of our our society. God is love. And he's loved us so much that he sent us his son so that we could be brought back to him, so that we could share in this eternal exchange of love the most blessed and holy trinity.